Part 1, Chapter 16 of 800 Leagues on the Amazon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joseph Burby. 800 Leagues on the Amazon by Jules Verne. Part 1, Chapter 16. Ega. At six o'clock in the morning of July the 20th, Yakita, Minha, Lina, and the two young men prepared to leave the Yangara. Yoam Garal, who had shown no intention of putting his foot on shore, had decided this time, at the request of the ladies of his family, to leave his absorbing daily work and accompany them on their excursion. Torres had evinced no desire to visit Iga, to the great satisfaction of Manuel, who had taken a great dislike to the man and only waited for an opportunity to declare it. As to Fregoso, he could not have the same reason for going to Iga as had taken him to Tabatinga, which is a place of little importance compared to this. Iga is a chief town with fifteen hundred inhabitants, and in it reside all those authorities which compose the administration of a considerable city, considerable for the country, that is to say, the military commandant, the chief of police, the judges, the schoolmaster, and troops under the command of officers of all ranks. With so many functionaries living in a town, with their wives and children, it is easy to see that hairdressers would be in demand. Such was the case, and Fragoso would not have paid his expenses. Doubtless, however, the jolly fellow, who could do no business in Iga, had thought to be of the party if Lena went with her mistress, but, just as they were leaving the raft, he resolved to remain at the request of Lena herself. "'Mr. Fragoso,' she said to him, after taking him aside, "'Miss Lina,' answered Fregoso, "'I do not think that your friend Torres intends to go with us to Iga.' "'Certainly not. He is going to stay on board, Miss Lina. "'But you would oblige me by not calling him my friend.' "'But you undertook to ask a passage for him before he had shown any intention of doing so.' "'Yes, and on that occasion, if you would like to know what I think, I made a fool of myself.' "'Quite so.' "'And if you would like to know what I think, I do not like the man at all, Mr. Fregoso.' "'Neither do I, Miss Lena, and I have all the time an idea that I have seen him somewhere before. "'But the remembrance is too vague. The impression, however, is far from being a pleasant one.' "'Where and when could you have met him? Cannot you call it to mind? "'It might be useful to know who he is and what he has been.' "'No, I try all I can.' How long was it ago? In what country? Under what circumstances? And I cannot hit upon it. Mr. Fregoso, Miss Lena, stay on board and keep watch on Torres during our absence. What, not go with you to Iga and remain a whole day without seeing you? I ask you to do so. Is it an order? It is an entreaty. I will remain. Mr. Fregoso, Miss Lena, I thank you. "'Thank me, then, with a good shake of the hand,' replied Fregoso. "'That is worth something.' Lena held out her hand, and Fregoso kept it for a few moments while he looked into her face. And that is the reason why he did not take his place in the pirogue, and became, without appearing to be, the guard upon Torres. Did the latter notice the feelings of aversion with which he was regarded? Perhaps, but doubtless he had his reasons for taking no account of them. A distance of four leagues separated the mooring-place from the town of Iga. 
eight leagues there and back, in a pirogue containing six persons, besides two negroes as rowers, would take some hours, not to mention the fatigue caused by the high temperature, though the sky was veiled with clouds. Fortunately a lovely breeze blew from the northwest, and if it held would be favorable for crossing Lake Tefe. They could go to Iga and return rapidly without having to tack. So the latine sail was hoisted on the mast of the pirogue, Benito took the tiller, and off they went, after a last gesture from Lina to Fregoso to keep his eyes open. The southern shore of the lake had to be followed to get to Iga. After two hours the pirogue arrived at the port of this ancient mission founded by the Carmelites, which became a town in 1759, and which General Gama placed forever under Brazilian rule. The passengers landed on a flat beach, on which were to be found not only boats from the interior, but a few of those little schooners which are used in the coasting trade on the Atlantic seaboard. When the two girls entered Iga, they were at first much astonished. "'What a large town!' said Mina. "'What houses! What people!' replied Lina, whose eyes seemed to have expanded so that she might see better. "'Rather,' said Benito, laughingly, "'more than fifteen hundred inhabitants, two hundred houses at the very least, some of them with a first floor, and two or three streets, genuine streets!' "'My dear Manuel,' said Minha, "'do protect us against my brother. He is making fun of us, and only because he has already been in the finest towns in Amazons and Para.' "'Quite so.' and he is also poking fun at his mother, added Yaquita, for I confess I never saw anything equal to this. Then, mother and sister, you must take great care that you do not fall into a trance when you get to Manaus, and vanish altogether when you reach Belém. Never fear, answered Manuel, the ladies will have been gently prepared for these grand wonders by visiting the principal cities of the upper Amazon. "'Now, Manuel,' said Minha, "'you are talking just like my brother. "'Are you making fun of us, too?' "'No, Minha, I assure you.' "'Laugh on, gentlemen,' said Lina, "'and let us look around, my dear mistress, "'for it is very fine.' "'Very fine. "'A collection of houses built of mud, "'whitewashed and principally covered with thash or palm leaves, "'a few built of stone or wood "'with verandas, doors, and shutters painted a bright green.' standing in the middle of a small orchard of orange trees in flower. But there were two or three public buildings, a barrack, and a church dedicated to St. Teresa, which was a cathedral by the side of the modest chapel at Hikitos. On looking toward the lake, a beautiful panorama unfolded itself, bordered by a frame of coconut trees and assais, which ended at the edge of the liquid level, and showed beyond the picturesque village of Noquiera, with its few small houses lost in the mass of the old olive trees on the beach. But for the two girls there was another cause of wonderment, quite feminine wonderment, too, in the fashions of the fair Egans, not the primitive costume of the natives, converted omas or muas, but the dress of true Brazilian ladies, the wives and daughters of the principal functionaries and merchants of the town, pretentiously showed off their Parisian toilettes, a little out of date, perhaps, for Iga is five hundred leagues away from Para, and this is itself many thousands of miles from Paris. Just look at those fine ladies in their fine clothes! <laughs> Lena will go mad, exclaimed Benito. If those dresses were worn properly, said Minha, they might not be so ridiculous. My dear Minha, said Manuel, 
with your simple gown and straw hat you are better dressed than any one of these brazilians with their headgear and flying petticoats which are foreign to their country and their race if it pleases you to think so answered minha i do not envy any of them but they had come to see they walked through the streets which contain more stalls than shops they strolled about the market-place the rendezvous of the fashionable who were nearly stifled in their european clothes they even breakfasted at an hotel. It was scarcely an inn, whose cookery caused them to deeply regret the excellent service on the raft. After dinner, at which only turtle flesh served up in different forms appeared, the Garral family went for the last time to admire the borders of the lake, as the setting sun gilded it with its rays. Then they rejoined their pirogue, somewhat disillusioned, perhaps, as to the magnificence of a town which one hour would give them time enough to visit, and a little tired with walking about its stifling streets, which were not nearly so pleasant as the shady pathways of Iquitos. The inquisitive Lina's enthusiasm alone had not been damped. They all took their places in the pirogue. The wind remained in the northwest, and had freshened with the evening. The sail was hoisted. They took the same course as in the morning, across the lake fed by the black waters of the Rio Tefe, which, according to the Indians, is navigable toward the southwest for forty days' journey. At eight o'clock the pirogue regained the mooring-place and hailed the Yangara. As soon as Lina could get Fragoso aside, "'Have you seen anything suspicious?' she inquired. "'Nothing, Miss Lina,' he replied. "'Torres has scarcely left his cabin, where he has been reading and writing.' He did not get into the house or in the dining-room, as I feared. No, all the time he was not in his cabin, he was in the bow of the raft. And what was he doing? Holding an old piece of paper in his hand, consulting it with great attention, and muttering a lot of incomprehensible words. All that is not so unimportant as you think, Mr. Fragoso. These readings and writings and old papers have their interest. He is neither a professor nor a lawyer, this reader and writer." "'You are right. Still watch him, Mr. Fragoso.' "'I will watch him, as always, Miss Lina,' replied Fragoso. On the morrow, the 27th of July, at daybreak, Benito gave the pilot the signal to start. Away between the islands in the bay of Arenapo, the mouth of the Yapura, 6,600 feet wide, was seen for an instant. This large tributary comes into the Amazon through eight mouths, as if it were pouring into some gulf or ocean. But its waters come from afar, and it is the mountains of the Republic of Ecuador which start them on a course that there are no falls to break until two hundred and ten leagues from its junction with the main stream. All this day was spent in descending to the island of Yapura, after which the river, less interfered with, makes navigation much easier, the current is not so rapid, and the islets are easily avoided, so that there were no touchings or groundings. The next day the Yangara coasted along by vast beaches formed by undulating high domes, which served as the barriers of immense pasture-grounds, in which the whole of the cattle in Europe could be raised and fed. These sand-banks are considered to be the richest turtle-grounds in the basin of the upper Amazon. On the evening of the 29th of July they were securely moored off the island of Catua, so as to pass the night, which promised to be dark. 
On this island, as soon as the sun rose above the horizon, there appeared to be a party of Muras Indians, the remains of that ancient and powerful tribe which formerly occupied more than a hundred leagues of the river-bank between the Tefe and the Madeira. These Indians went and came, watching the raft, which remained stationary. There were about a hundred of them, armed with blow-tubes, formed of a reed peculiar to these parts, and which is strengthened outside by the stem of a dwarf palm from which the pith has been extracted. Yoam Garal quitted for an instant the work which took up all his time, to warn his people to keep a good guard and not to provoke these Indians. In truth the sides were not well matched. The Muras were remarkably clever at sending through their blow-tubes arrows which cause incurable wounds, even at a range of three hundred paces. These arrows, made of the leaf of the kukurite palm, are feathered with cotton, and nine or ten inches long, with a point like a needle, and poisoned with curare. Curare, or wura, the liquor which kills in a whisper, as the Indians say, is prepared from the sap of one of the euphoribese, and the juice of a bulbous strychnos, not to mention the paste of venomous ants and poisonous serpent fangs which they mix with it. "'It is indeed a terrible poison,' said Manuel. "'It attacks at once those nerves by which the movements are subordinated to the will, but the heart is not touched, and it does not cease to beat until the extinction of the vital functions, and besides no antidote is known to the poison which commences by numbness of the limbs.' Very fortunately these Muras made no hostile demonstrations, although they entertain a profound hatred toward the whites. They have, in truth, no longer the courage of their ancestors. At nightfall a five-holed flute was heard behind the trees in the island, playing several airs in a minor key. Another flute answered. This interchange of musical phrases lasted for two or three minutes, and the Muras disappeared. Fragoso, in an exuberant moment, had tried to reply by a song in his own fashion, but Lena had clapped her hand on his mouth, and prevented his showing off his insignificant singing talents, which he was so willingly lavish of. On the 2nd of August, at three o'clock in the afternoon, the raft arrived twenty leagues away from there at Lake Apaora, which is fed by the black waters of the river of the same name, and two days afterwards, about five o'clock it stopped at the entrance into Lake Cory. This lake is one of the largest which communicates with the Amazon, and it serves as a reservoir for different rivers. Five or six affluents run into it, and there are stored and mixed up and emerge by a narrow channel into the main stream. After catching a glimpse of the hamlet of Tahuamiri, mounted on its piles as on stilts, as a protection against inundation from the floods, which often sweep up over these low sandbanks, the raft was moored for the night. The stoppage was made in sight of the village of Cori, a dozen houses, considerably dilapidated, built in the midst of a thick mass of orange and calabash trees. Nothing can be more changeable than the aspect of this village, for according to the rise or fall of the water, the lake stretches away on all sides of it, or is reduced to a narrow canal scarcely deep enough to communicate with the Amazon. On the following morning, that of the 5th of August, they started at dawn, passing the canal of Yukura, belonging to the tangled system of lakes and furos of the Rio Zapura, 
and on the morning of the 6th of August they reached the entrance to Lake Miana. No fresh incident occurred in the life on board, which proceeded with almost methodical regularity. Fragoso, urged on by Lina, did not cease to watch Torres. Many times he tried to get him to talk about his past life, but the adventurer eluded all conversation on the subject and ended by maintaining a strict reserve toward the barber. His intercourse with the Garral family remained the same. If he spoke little to Yoam, he addressed himself more willingly to Yaquita and her daughter, and appeared not to notice the evident coolness with which he was received. They all agreed that when the raft arrived at Manaus, Torres should leave it, and that they would never speak of him again. Yaquita followed the advice of Padre Pasanha, who counseled patience, but the good priest had not such an easy task in Manuel, who was quite disposed to put on shore the intruder who had been so unfortunately taken onto the raft. The only thing that happened on this evening was the following. A pirogue, going down the river, came alongside the Yangada, after being hailed by Yoam Garal. "'Are you going to Manaus?' he asked of the Indian who commanded and was steering her. "'Yes,' he replied. "'When will you get there?' "'In eight days.' "'Then you will arrive before we shall. "'Will you deliver a letter for me?' "'With pleasure.' "'Take this letter, then, my friend, and deliver it at Manaus.' The Indian took the letter which Yoam gave him, and a handful of reese was the price of the commission he had undertaken. No members of the family, then gone into the house, knew anything of this. Torres was the only witness. He heard a few words exchanged between Yoam and the Indian— and from the cloud which passed over his face it was easy to see that the sending of this letter considerably surprised him. End of chapter 16